0: What's going on Packers fans? Aaron Nagler here ready to talk some football with Andy Herman, the Don of the Packaday podcast purveyor of fine film breakdowns everywhere, including (laughs) everything from the disaster that was the Packers 34 to 20 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Andy, how you doing? You've had a little less than 24 hours to marinate on this one. Uh, What's your overall takeaway from uh, the debacle against the Bucs?
1: Yeah, there's been too much marination. I've already gone through half a bottle of Pepto-Bismol. It's kind of a really <laughs> morning going through everything. Very good. Uh, I mean, I don't think there's anything too crazy off the tape that anyone didn't see live. Sometimes we always talk about, oh, the tape's not as bad. There were instances of that here and there. There were a lot of series and situations, specifically on defense, where it was like positive play, positive play, 25-yard play, <laughs> and then you get a sack, and they yes. give up 20 yards right after it. So <sighs> there were a right. couple positives. TJ Slayton, Kenny Clark, a couple of those guys had nice games, but... I mean we all know that this defense had a really atrocious day altogether started with system and play calling ended with execution just all and everything in between it was it was awful it's the
0: lack of any kind of discernible adjustment or even a mechanism within the game plan itself or in the structure of the defense to counter what the bucks were clearly trying to do i mean how many times did we see the bucks come out in a 3 by 1 with Godwin at the three, most all along the interior, to get him matched up, essentially, and not, you know, I've I seen a lot today, like, oh, uh, Campbell or Walker were on Godwin, and I, like that wasn't necessarily the case. That did happen on occasion, yeah. but for the most part, they were running some type of zone, some man-match stuff, but just getting them in the vicinity, and knowing that there's no way they're going to hang with Godwin, and there's, that's at the the top of their game, neither of which I think you would attribute to Campbell and Walker at this point. Walker literally coming off an injury. Campbell looking like a shell of himself two weeks after coming off an injury. Yeah. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers identified a weakness where they wanted to attack, and the Packers did absolutely
1: nothing to counter it. They ate Joe Barry's lunch and then they barfed it up and threw it in his face. Like it was they they were prepared for it. They were it. a and mama bird over. to Joe Barry. <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. They they knew everything that Joe was going to run in that game, and I think one of the issues that's gone a little bit under talked about is the lack of disguise from a lot of what Green Bay does. This is a very system oriented defense. They do their thing. We all know this by now. When every single offensive coordinator knows it by now, they got Green Bay. In certain situations, and they knew what they were going to get, and they just ran specific type of zone beaters for the cover three, the cover four, all the stuff that Joe Barry ran all throughout the game. Tampa was just two steps ahead, and to your point and to your credit, there was no counter whatsoever. It was just the same stuff, and to I, mean, I don't even want to say to the credit of Joe Barry, like even the other stuff didn't work either. When they went man, there was pass right. interference plays. There's people like. Nothing really worked in this game, but it started and stemmed with the fact that Tampa knew exactly what they were going to get, and they were two steps ahead of it all day long.
0: We'll we'll get to the offense in a bit because I do think you did see a lot of promise on the offensive side of the ball, but obviously the topic du jour today, and this is we're recording about an hour before Matt LaFleur meets with the press on his normal after-game press conference. I'll be shocked if there's any kind of movement to remove Joe Barry in the season. And I know that has been kind of the drumbeat here on the internet all night last night and definitely through this morning and through this afternoon. Uh, what is your take on that? Because I understand arguments for both. I understand like, oh, you got to send a message. I also understand like, look, okay, so you fire him. And then who are you putting? It doesn't matter because you've got to send the message. Like, okay, I don't understand like how three games earlier than the end of the season sends a message. I understand like, mid-season possibly sending a message, but yep. I, I just don't see Matt going that route. I, I suspect we'll have Joe Barry at 1265 Lombardi, at least through the end of the season.
1: I think there's a simple question that Matt will have to ask himself and maybe even a couple of the leaders on the defense and just kind of when he goes back and watches the tape and that's, did this defense at any point in time, or is there rumblings in the locker room that they have quit on this system, that they don't believe in it anymore, that they just are fed up and it's, it's over. Like if, if there's any inkling of that, and the reason I feel that way, and I, I, I agree with you. I don't think anything's going to happen, especially at this point recording at two oh six PM Lambo time. I think something probably would have leaked out by now if there was going to be something. Um, but if there's any inkling of that, that there has been, the angst, the frustration, the disgust, the just general overall angst for the the system and the the coordination. Then I think you have to at least consider it. The other thing, where they are in this unique situation, as as comical as it may sound and seem coming out of anyone's mouth at this point, they go three and zero. They're like a ninety six percent chance of making the playoffs, and this offense is playing well enough to. Andy! like, I know, I know, I get it, right? But like, I if know, he, if he you. feels like. A switch can be made that would get just that little boost, a little jump, a little jolt, a little something that they could go on. Because they just went on a three-game win streak against much harder opponents than they're about to face coming up. I'm not expecting it. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but it, like he would at least have to have that conversation of like, if I make this move, does it give the defense enough of a jolt over these final three games to play better where we could actually make a push towards the playoffs? If any of those answers are no, if they feel like the defense is still motivated and they feel like it's not going to give any sort of jump or push, then just wait for the three more weeks. But. I don't know. But me personally, I would probably just pull the trigger and and go in a different direction. But I know it's easy for me to say in my basement at my house.
0: (laughs) Right. And the other thing is the whole reason Barry is still around is because Matt wanted to maintain continuity. Right. That was what he had said repeatedly this past offseason. So I would suspect that's probably his thinking still, even after the just horrific performance yesterday. To your point, they've shown they can hold up against some top flight offenses they they did a much better job against Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, than a lot of these other top defenses that have faced him. They did a much better job against the Lions than you know many of these other defenses have fared yeah. against Goff and company. So, I just think you know if Matt's whole purpose in bringing Barry back in the first place was continuity, he'll probably just stick through the season and wanting to look at the totality of the season when judging his work. Now, again, this is all very kind of rudimentary because i i don't expect anything to happen i think matt will get to the podium and say you know yep i looked at the tape and we just got to make corrections and move on which yeah. is somewhat true you know there's it's not like you're going to have some major overhaul uh, regardless of what you do um looking it, at the I, off-
1: I just want to touch base on that really quick because i think it's a really smart point because a defensive coordinator, whomever it is. And I get the willing like the, the want in everyone in the Packers community to make that change a million percent, get it. I just want to reiterate what you're saying. And that the fact that a new anyone in that spot is not a cure all it's not a fix all for everything that's going wrong. And to right. the same extent that Mike Petton wasn't for, Dom Capers, the same extent that Joe Barry wasn't for Mike Petton, that Mo Drayton wasn't, that so far Rich Pasashi is not. Just putting a new person in that seat is not a guarantee that anything automatically gets better. There are other systematic, er, systemic issues that are going on that are going to have to get fixed as well. And while it feels good in the moment, yay, somebody new! It doesn't necessarily mean that it's always progress either. Just for the sake of progress.
0: Right. Fast forward to Carolina, and all of a sudden, you know, whoever the new D coordinator is gets cooked <laughs> for like a couple touchdowns. And then we're right back with the pitchforks. So it, I just, yeah, I think continuity is the way Matt will go, simply because of how he's operated up to this point. But again, we we will see how how that transpires. Um, yep. But like I said, yeah, looking at the offensive side, man, I, they it, it was encouraging to see Jordan Love not only bounce back from a poor performance against the Giants, but even some of the kind of you know, off-target throws early in this game where I didn't think he came out particularly sharp, and he certainly seemed to really pick it up, especially in the second half, including a, couple, a number of really nice throws. The The throw to Reed in the end zone is such a bullet, such a dime. But that's what you want, right, as far as, okay, yeah, you're going to have an off week, tough, tough loss against the Giants, and to come back around and have – a really encouraging performance immediately after i think bodes well for love's future
1: i think it does too and i think we have to continue to go back to the fact of you had the the running on the first drive like they ran it well on the first drive i think i don't know if you posted somebody posted it 16 rushing yards after that first drive uh, for the remainder of the game.
0: That
1: out. yeah but uh so there's there's still no consistent rushing attack he's still playing with babies off. I mean that in like, uh, just, they Oh no, played. but you're right.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like, in the NFL terms. No, exactly.
1: Question. They're, they're so young and inexperienced. This defense is not giving them any help. They're constantly playing from behind and Jordan love is still going out. Like we are so accustomed to the quarterback in green Bay, just being able to put the franchise on his back at any given moment and say, don't worry, I got this. I'm going to keep this competitive for a first time starter. To do that so many times this season, even going back last week when he had one of his worst games of the season, when it was in a clutch moment to still say, we got this, I'm going to go help out and I'm going to go drive us down and we're going to score a game winning touchdown. Even after the guy, Heath, dropped the first one, he throws it back on the next one. Just that we we knew from the scouting report from day one that even keeled and consistency was the name of Jordan Love's game. But to see it play out through the course of this season, he's been primarily the, the same guy through and through throughout the course of the year, even keeled. And even when things go wrong early in the game, even if he's not playing his best game, it still feels like hey, like if if Green Bay if. Green Bay could just get a stop. Green Bay could, you know, the offense could go down and score the points that they need. Um, I know they had that last drive that didn't go according to plan, ends in the fumble, whatever. But I still think you have to be massively encouraged by what you're seeing under, with Jordan Love, with all the chaos that's going on around him.
0: I like that you brought that up because I've seen a couple of people check that. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's a very game-specific, a game-moment situation where – yeah, they've got a two-score lead and they know you have to rip off chunks of yardage. So one, they're playing off and allowing everything to happen in front of them. And two, they are absolutely pinning their ears back getting after Jordan with varieties of pressure, taking advantage of things up front because they know Jordan's got to look downfield. He's got to push the ball. So I don't I don't that doesn't bother me at all. Um there was there was something somebody mentioned this in my chat last night and I I want to get your take on it because I I kind of said my response, and then I was like, I don't know, is that just me kind of imagining this? But what someone – one of my commenters said, you know, Matt put too much on Jordan's plate in this game in reference to the fact that we saw that first drive where they're running the ball pretty efficiently and then you barely see Aaron Jones. Now maybe that's snap count stuff, whatever, but they can barely run the ball after that, and Jordan is doing a ton in the gun. They're throwing it all over the yard. And my initial kind of gut reaction to that was – That's exactly what you want this year. Like, as far as forging your quarterback in the fire, and, yeah, he's been sitting there for three years on the bench, but all of that, everything he goes through this season, but particularly in that situation yesterday, you got no ground game to speak of. uh, You're down Christian Watson. You've got a ton of different pressure looks coming at you, and it's all on your shoulders. Any year that you know is essentially a developmental season, that's exactly what you want. Um, I agree. with I just I didn't know how you would respond to that.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think there's just so many factors at play too. I think first of all, um, in a Matt LaFleur offense, he's going to put a lot on his quarterback and that's what you want. He's giving them outs on everything. He's giving them decisions. He's giving them options that's kind of what you want as especially as a quarterback whether he's young or not first year starter or not you want that ability to make those decisions I thought there were a lot of run pass options at least a handful of run pass options that Jordan threw out of all but one at least that I've come across so far uh was the right read that they threw out of it correctly in those situations so and in fact I think there was one where there's a handoff between him and Kenyon Drake where I think yeah. Drake kind of steals he kind of catches it I think he spot. was pulling
0: that's what I was gonna do you to think he was pulling too, that that's what I thought too.
1: Been a throw too and if the throw yeah. would have been open if Drake, I think, doesn't probably maybe snatch it out of Love's hands, so there was a, a lot of those. And again, Jordan was making the correct reads off of it. Also, you're playing from behind almost the entirety of the game. Aaron Jones is on a snap count, you know, and they used probably two thirds of it up on the very first drive. <laughs> first drive. So, right. like, I think there's so much that plays into it, and I have no issue with the way they utilized Jordan with the options that they gave him. To me, it was a good game plan execution was mostly good throughout the course of the day of course you would have loved a little bit more point production but no issue with it specifically with the game that was being played out in Tampa just putting up points after points after points
0: one thing I think Tampa did a great job of and this is no surprise because I think Bowles is one of the best defensive minds in the game essentially we've seen since really the, the Kansas City game where Jordan has had that autonomy at the line of scrimmage with not just the cans but being able to call things at the line of scrimmage protection-wise, and using his cadence to get the defense to declare, right? Have a linebacker take a step or a safety come down earlier, whatever, and then make an adjustment, right? Bulls really played with him in that regard where he would get him, guys would show pressure, and then they dropped and only rushed three. Uh, They did that a number of times, and they were really testing his patience. There was one time I thought he made a dangerous throw and probably had no business kind of throwing into, you know, all that coverage. But for the most part, I think that's a test that he really passed. I mean, with kind of the greatest example is that third and 14 that turns into a touchdown. Like prior to that, there are two outlet passes because of the coverage downfield where he hits Taylor in the flat, even though he loses yardage there. It's like I'd much rather that than throwing over the middle into coverage, throwing it, putting the ball in jeopardy. Like that, again, that's growth from love against, really, one, like I said, one of the best defensive minds in the game. I'm so encouraged by seeing that.
1: And I've said all season long, too, expect at some point some defensive coordinator is going to figure something out, and then it's going to be up – then every coordinator is going to copy and paste that sort of game plan. And I thought even some of the stuff we saw was some of the stuff that New York threw at him from a week ago, yep. and it just felt like Jordan grew from it, Matt grew from it, and they had better answers overall. And we haven't seen – really any defensive coordinator, any specific scheme. And we've seen a lot of different pressure schemes. We've seen some very similar schemes to like the Joe Barry style. We've seen everything. And there hasn't been anything that's really completely confused him or slowed him down for the entirety of a game. And I think that's super exciting. There hasn't been anything that teams have been able to copy over from one week to the other. I think that shows growth. I love, too, I posted the the play to Jaden Reed is eerily similar to the play last week where I think it's Mori Touré. And, you know, Touré maybe, you know, could have got his feet down. It would have been really tough, but Love probably let him just a tiny bit. Now there's wind. There's a lot of different factors. It's not a million percent apples to apples, but it's almost identical of, like, how he steps up in the pocket, how he throws it, the exact area of the end zone. Last week, it's a little bit wide. Touré can't get his feet down. This week, he throws it exactly where Jaden can get it and get his feet down we're just seeing growth in real time from Jordan Love. And that that's if we went back in time early in the season, goal one A of the year, what do you have in Jordan? Can you evaluate it? And can he be that future? And can he continue to show growth through the course of the year? A lot of those boxes have been checked for him so far. I
0: mean, no question. And it's funny when you talk about all that pressure from the Buccaneers and the different ways they pressure. I mean, at one point. In the second-to-last drive, I think, where they had to settle for the field goal, on the third down where they have Tucker Kraft dragging shallow and he can't come up with a completion because Jordan's retreating and there's pressure. It's like all these defensive back pressures. Could you imagine Valentine coming on a pressure? Could you imagine somebody from the perimeter all of a sudden flying in in a Green Bay Packers uniform? That's what makes it so depressing is the complete lack of imagination or creativity. And forget adjustments. Fine. You won't adjust. I get it. But to not even have in your bag, apparently, any semblance of anything pressure-wise other than I'm going to rush four or, hey, if you're really good, as a treat, we'll run a stunt. Yeah. You know, that's it. That is it. And, look, stunts sometimes work. They got him a couple times yesterday. Uh, Lucas Van Ness got a sack off a stunt. Yeah. Like, not against it. But the complete lack of anything other than the front four being involved when it comes to rushing the passer is just mind-numbing at this point.
1: It, as I tweeted out yesterday, it sucks the life out of you just watching it. Yeah, watching I the saw that. Couldn't agree more. Yes. It just like there's nothing that gets you going from. It. And even when they got the sacks again, we talked about it. Then there's like a 20-yard play on the next play. It's just it, every every single time. And it, I was there, obviously, at the game. I was in the stands um, for that game. And it, it, I thought the crowd did an awesome job throughout the course of the game on all those key third downs of still getting up, getting loud, and everything. And by the end of the game, even after knowing played,
0: that their hearts were about
1: to be broken, about to be ripped out. <laughs> and but like after the like third down conversion, after third down conversion, after fourth down conversion, like you got to the end of the game, and it's these three and fives. And I'm like, I give you all a ton of credit for standing up and cheering right now after what you have seen all day because Andy's dead. Um, a better man Andy than I. Yeah, exactly. That was uh, it was it sucked the life out of everyone all day long, all season long.
0: really? So are we going to be surprised when the Packers go down to Carolina and get uh, like boat raced? I mean, Uh, look, I'm not predicting it, but I ain't going to be surprised if it happens either.
1: Nothing surprises me for this team. As I, I talked to Perry and Alex yesterday, uh, this team I feel like could beat the 85 bears and lose to the own 17 lions and anything in between all of that. That's fair. So That's fair. nothing would surprise me with this team. I think they go down on Christmas Eve. I think they get the win in Carolina. I think they mostly hold Carolina in check. They get the win and it comes down to games against Minnesota and Chicago the rest of the season. And we'll just kind of go from there. I, I, not like I said, nothing would surprise me. Carolina could put up 50. Um, they could hold <laughs> Carolina scoreless or anything in between. It's all on the table at this point. And it, a lot of it is just dependent upon which Packers team shows up and how they play the game. And we see them play their brand of football. We've seen them beat some pretty good teams. We see them kind of stumble over themselves and play 30 yards off the line of scrimmage. Then, you know, the world's everyone else's oyster, and Green Bay fans just, you, get, you know, get to live and watch it. Andy, at this
0: point, the onion is making fun of the Green Bay Packers. Right, I mean, so. that's
1: where we have – that's the
0: level that we have attained now. The onion is making fun of the Packers' defense. So, I don't know how you continue as as, as a head coach and Matt LaFleur uh, with your defense coordinator being chided by the onion, but uh, three more weeks. Three more weeks. Three more weeks. We will see. Uh, Andy, I can't thank you enough. Make sure you're checking out Andy's stuff at Packaday Podcast everywhere he – creates that content here on the internet around and by and about the Green Bay Packers. Andy, can't thank you enough, man. Thank you so much.
1: Appreciate it, Aaron. Talk to you next week.